Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker Podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about something a little different, but I feel as though it's an incredibly important and powerful attribute in our ability to cope with working 24-7, and that's our mindset. Because I'm sure many of our listeners will be able to relate when I say that shift work can be a real mindset game, particularly when we're working in an occupation that requires us to run on little sleep. And to talk more about this topic, I've invited someone who I believe to be one of the biggest gurus when it comes to all things to do with mindset, and that's Dr. Lawrence Tam, who is a chiropractor based in Sydney, Australia. Lawrence graduated as a doctor of chiropractic from Canada in 2002 before moving to Australia with his wife, Karen, where they built one of the largest chiropractic practices in Perth. Now, as a father of two, Lawrence is a founder of Drive Your Practice, a coaching program which focuses on moving chiropractors out of survival mode and into highly sustainable businesses. Lawrence is also the co-founder and co-host of The Wellness Guys and Inside the Champion's Mind weekly and fortnightly podcast, which has skyrocketed up the charts on iTunes, along with being a highly sought-after speaker both here in Australia and all over the world. So to tell us more about how to rewire our shift-working mindsets, I'd like to give a warm, healthy shift-worker welcome to Lawrence. Well, thank you very much for that uh, intro. Uh, thanks. I'm just glad to be on the show, and uh, I hope that I can help out in any way I can. Oh, look, it's it's fantastic to have you here, Lawrence, and I'm, I'm kind of almost pinching myself to know that I'm sitting here talking to you because I've been a fan of yours for years. <laughs> thank you. Well, um, thank you very much. I really appreciate it, and uh, it's it's humbling to 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 meet um, people, you know, especially at the Wellness Summit, and and uh, you know, and, and just meeting you several times now, um, you know, and and we just it's just great to see people 
who have listened to the wellness guys and being able to take action. And, you know, now you're creating, you know, you, you created this podcast for, you know, for the shift workers, which is such an important, um, aspect, uh, for, for people to, to, you know, to gain health from, because it's such a tough job. Like I can, I appreciate it. Cause I was, when I was a chiropractor, when I was in practice, I used to see, um, quite a f- number of, um, shift workers, uh, in, in life. And, Actually, in my former life, before I became a chiropractor, I was actually uh, in the field of ergonomics, and that was the study of uh, of um, you know health and safety. And um, this is before I was became a chiropractor, and and I was working in Canada at the time, and I used to deal with. Um, I actually remember doing studies on shift workers and actually understanding oh, wow. trying to. Yeah, doing understanding on like how does it affect them, and I remember actually studying and actually working on scheduling and finding the best way to uh, schedule. Uh, you know, what's the best schedule for a shift worker? You know, taking the consideration of human behavior and also um, human uh, physiology and how it affects them, tiredness and all that stuff. I remember learning about that when I was in university. So it's uh yeah, so I I have a lot of history with with with, with shift workers, and um you know something I just like as you were mentioning this, I'm like oh I. Dude, have some <laughs> and uh, bringing back all these memories now. Like we're going back probably you know twenty years here. So, uh, but uh, yes, yeah, so it's fun to kind of be able to share some lights on on how you know if I can help in any way. And you mentioned something actually when you said that you know mindset and it might before the the recording you sort of mentioned something about how mindset uh, it might be a, a different topic for your audience. And and I, I you know I think you and I both agree that mindset is is one of the most important aspect of life. And forgetting about shift workers for a second, just mm-hmm. life. In- it's the way we think and the way we process things. And especially when it comes to shift workers. And one of the things that, that I know is that um, not only does it physically and physiologically um, take taxing on your body uh, when it comes to shift working, uh, shift workers, but it's that in itself then causes you to have um, a mindset or it does create sort of mental stress on you because not only do you have to deal with the day-to-day stresses mentally, but you also now have to deal with a body who's not fully functional all the time because mm. you're going through the stresses physiologically. So you actually have um, a, a stronger challenge sometimes uh, than uh, people who just work a nine-to-five job. Mm. Wow. I, yeah, look, I had no idea you, you had that that sort of history of working with shift workers. Had I known that, I would have, gosh, would have got you on the podcast a lot, but like <laughs> episode number one, I think. <laughs> well, don't ask me anything about like what's the proper time because that was uh, 20 years ago. So. Okay. <laughs> All right, I won't hold that, hold you to that. But uh, look, I mean, Lawrence, I, I remember seeing you speak for the first time at the inaugural wellness summit on the Gold Coast um, back in 2013. And I remember arriving late to that event because it was absolute cyclonic weather conditions um, oh, I at the do time. Yeah, and and I and I entered late and because I know that they were filming, I was told that I had to enter and sort of sit down the side somewhere so it wouldn't sort of impact the filming. I mean, mm. I just sat down and just started to hear you speak all about the lizard brain, which mm. <laughs> I might get you to talk more about further shortly but this totally fascinated me and I guess you could say that you had me at hello (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you I really appreciate that um did you want what is that where you want me to go the lizard brain yeah yeah no no oh yeah sure if you wanted to yeah just touch yeah what is that (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Well, uh, so, you know, and this is not my original idea. Like there's, you know, I've listened to a lot of different people sure. and, and heard so many, uh, done a bit of research on this. And, and if you can, I'd like to simplify things. So let's make it simple, right? The human brain, you know, although very complex is really sort of made up into, divided into three major parts. And it, it's sort of a, a Canadian uh, neurologist kind of looked into it and go, the three major parts, and I know it doesn't really work that way if, you know, a neurologist, neurologist somehow like, you know, listening to this and go like, that's not how it functions. Well, like, let's keep it simple. Like, mm. so it basically divides in three parts. Number one, the part is the, you know, the forebrain, the fo- basically the, the, the front part of the brain that makes um, humans uh, intelligent, right? That's makes us different to compare to all the other ma- mammals and animals around the world. Um, it's because, you know, we, that's when we make logical decisions. Okay. Logical decisions. So, um, that's the logic part of our brain. That's the front part of our brain. Um, and that's the the last part of our brain that actually gets developed. You know, that's why when you look at a, a, um, a teenager, especially a teenage boy, um, at 18 years old, um, uh, let's face it, they make dumb decisions, right? And the reason why 18 to 20 year old boys make dumb decisions is because their frontal lobe, which is their uh, logical part of the brain, hasn't fully developed yet. And so therefore, they will make uh, uncalculated risks uh, Mm. to their body um, compared to um, maybe a female at that same age because females develop uh, the frontal brain a little bit faster. And so therefore, um, we think when, you know, looking at an 18-year-old kid who does some crazy stunt skateboarding off a rooftop, jumping into a pool, it's like ridiculous. But for them, it's like it's logical because they haven't developed the logical making connection that this is a stupid move. Um, and also, and so that's the logical brain. The second part of the brain, which is a little bit behind the frontal brain, is uh, what we call the limbic brain. The limbic brain is sort of where we store or make decisions on emotions and feeling emotions. And we all know about that, right? Mm-hmm. The part that makes you feel angry, the ones that makes you feel sad, um, depressed, and also love and joy, all those emotions, right? All the, uh, the vast emotions. Um, so that's a really important part of the brain as well. And that's really where we make a lot of buying decisions when, when you think about it. We don't make it from a logical decision we make it from a buying decision based on emotion typically uh how how does something make you feel how does how does something make you um uh you know react to certain things and then how do you make it you know your choices based on uh, how it touches you and, and so on and so forth and the last part of the brain which is the earliest reptilian brain which is why we call the lizard brain is because uh the reptilian brain is near closer to the brainstem and the brainstem is like right where um the base of the brain is it's the where the brain starts from the lizard brain is really where you store all the emo- uh, the decision making on um, basic your basic human needs, you know, uh, fight or flight, all your stress decisions. Like if there's an animal attacking you right now, you have a decision to make right now. Do I, you know, kill this thing or do I run as fast as possible? They're not thinking about. Uh, so your lizard brain is just saying a lion's about to attack you. You're not thinking about. Hmm, I wonder if I can outrun this lion. Like that's not the the thinking process. You're like, I need to just fight this line here, save my life, or I'm going to run as fast as I can. Um, so basically, lizard brain, when you make a decision on stress, you are functioning at a level of you're shutting all basic um, functions that you don't need. So if you're going to stand and fight, what happens is that your all your whole body goes to all the blood goes to the muscles because that's what you're going to have to stand or run. You're still going to, I mean, you're going to fight or run. All the muscles are going to be have to be totally activated, mm-hmm. and so which means shuts down the major organs, which is like you know intestines like because you don't need to digest food 
Yeah. Like, let's face it, you don't need to worry about digesting food uh, when you're when you're you know deciding whether to run away from this lion or not. And your immune system shuts down too as well. Not shuts down totally, but it basically sh- you know um, lowers its immune system because you don't need to worry about the infection because you just need to run. You worry about the infection after he bites you, right? So that's the the lizard part of your brain. That brain of is more from a protection mechanism to make quick decisions. Now, why that is so important when it comes to mindset is that when you are uh, when you are under stress. Right. When you're under stress or tiredness or fatigue, you're not thinking like let's remember the times mm. of when you're the last time you were very stressed. Right. Whether um, something happened to you at work, uh, you had gone to a fight with your boss or maybe a partner or something your 18 year old kid did, you know, that was so stupid. And, you know, and all those things happen. You don't actually think logically. Like you don't sit there and have a calculated move of like how, you know, what, what's going on with my emotions. You're angry and you're frustrated, but you're making decisions from the lizard part of your brain. And typically sometimes when you're thinking from that state, unless it was an emergency, you're probably making poor decisions because you're not really rationalizing your decision. And so you act out or you do something that is typically not you. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, and so therefore, that lizard brain is so important to recognize because when you're functioning at that state level, when you're tired and making decisions, not from a logical level, you're making decisions um, like a lizard brain, pretty much like an 18-year-old, what happens then is that you could end up uh, you know, down a rabbit hole that you don't want to be in and or you made a decision that you can't uh, you know, turn back from. Mm, wow. Yeah. So I guess you're you're sort of referring to that, you know, sympathetic dominance, fight or flight state that uh, that I have to say, shift workers are in quite predominantly because of what we do. We're just that continual tiredness kind of roller coaster. Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually quite draining, right? Mm. Because you're you're already so tired and you make decisions. And not only now you made a decision that maybe in, in poor judgment at that time, you think it was poor judgment, you, you beat yourself up. And then now all of a sudden you created an, a whole entire emotional roller coaster yeah. for yourself. It's like, why did I do that? That was dumb. That was stupid. Now, like this person is going to think of me worse in this way. And then you just kind of go through this entire loop, uh, which then causes, you know, massive amounts of, um, uh, you know, a cascade of emotions that you didn't even want. From the first place, just because of one decision. And I remember, um, and I'll give you an example. Uh, one time, I remember making a business decision. This is going back, ooh, probably about eleven years ago. Um, and I was purchasing a, a business, and I remember on the spot, the person gave me an offer, and then on the spot, I, I made a decision on the price. You know, based on a percentage. In my mind, I thought I was actually moving it towards my favor but in reality i was actually making it more in towards his favor and and he kind of looked at me and then go okay i'll accept that (laughs) and then afterwards i went wait a second i went home and i calculated i'm like i made a dumb mistake and it cost me um i don't know how much money but it cost me (laughs) quite a bit and i remembered to that day and i said well i'm gonna have to take this as a lesson that never to make a decision on something when i don't Never make a decision uh, rash, like sort of quickly, um, especially when I'm under pressure. I need to take a step back and go, you know what? Let me think about that mm. and get back to you. And just a simple, you know, little pullback because, you know, whether I made that decision or not wouldn't have affected um, the outcome. Well, it would affect the outcome in, in this circumstances, but it's not going to change the risk factor. And I think that's really important. Like if someone I was walking on the sidewalk and then someone passes out. You know, every second counts for that person, whether that person lives or dies, possibly, right? So therefore, I need to make quick, quick decisions. But if 
if it's if you need to make a decision and it's not life or death, then the the variables hasn't changed and the risk factors doesn't change. You should take as long as you need to to make that decision. And that's what I suggest to people when it comes to decision making. Sometimes you need to make quick decisions when it requ- when you require because sometimes we 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 get too much decision fatigue. But ever, however, when it comes to big decisions, I think you need to take as long as you need to make those decision calls. You know, so in the right you know the right frame of mind and the right mindset before you make those difficult decisions uh, instead of just making it, um, you know, when you're under emotional stress. Yeah, I guess we could sort of reframe that and say, you know, sometimes just we need to sleep on it, pardon the pun, for shift workers. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, exactly. Yeah, so we don't make those instant, yeah, decisions. Uh, I guess, um, Lawrence, the reason why I wanted to really talk to you today is um, because I know that, you know, you yourself haven't worked shift work per se, or have you? Um. Nope, I haven't. No, okay, but you've obviously, yeah, and you know a little bit about Not a little bit about, the, about us. But you, well, I also if you know count the, the nine o'clock to like two a.m. in the morning, you know, working hard on some for some projects. But no, I haven't officially worked shift working. And, okay, you're not getting paid in that sense of the no. word clocking on, clocking off. But I know that you're all too familiar with jet lag because of all the traveling that you do um, with your work going all around the world. So I'm sure that that's something that you're familiar with. But I guess I just wanted to get into the nitty gritty of mindset because I think it's an incredibly powerful yet very underestimated tool in helping us to cope with some of the, the many challenges that we face whilst working these crazy and irregular hours that we do. And some of those things are just that ongoing and relentless sleep deprivation, which certainly affects how we think and feel and and behave, as, as you just sort of mentioned. Uh, stress, both physical and mental stress, not always being uh, able to attend family and social gatherings because we're working. Uh, and of course, the all too familiar office politics where we can get really bogged down in things that are out of our control. And th- look, this is also prevalent in a lot of workplaces everywhere. But would you mind sharing, uh, Lawrence, a few of your insights in how some of our listeners may be able to, for a better word, improve their mental resilience whilst working 24-7? Okay. So I think that the most important thing is that to realize that, um, if, I mean, I was listening to what you were saying to some of the examples you're using, and I think that the best advice I can give you is to kind of take it uh, take it from here, and then we'll kind of get down to nitty gritties. Mm. But the number one thing I think is about being able to, to know what you can change or influence mm. and knowing that uh, things that you can't. Like, so there's, there's certain things that in life that you can change and there's certain things that you can't change. And so that's really important to know that, you know, there's certain parts in life that they're just, is is impossible for you to, to influence. Um, Like for example, um, uh, you know, something, just say something happens, you work for a company, just say you work for a mining company and the mining company stocks goes down and they're letting go, um, you know, certain staff or there's some internal politics and, you know, and that causes everybody to talk about the politics. And I get the need to understand what's going on and, and get the need to, you know, kind of console everybody and, and, and having to deal with those stress. However, like what talking about, like dealing with that stress that you have no control over in terms of what the company is going to do, um, the only influence that you can do is to focus on what you do as a job and what you can bring to the table. So what I mean by it is that don't stress about 
or try not to 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 focus on the things that you can't change mm-hmm. and focus on the things that you can change. And the serenity prayer, if you look it up, is the most perfect example. I love that prayer mm-hmm. in a sense, not as a prayer for example, but just the, the wording of it and just knowing the difference between what you can change and what you can't. I think that's really, really important. Um, the other thing uh, as well is, is from, okay, from that perspective then is to look at um, the importance of Obviously, you, all shift workers would know is the importance of sleep. Like, what are some of the top priorities that is a non-negotiable, especially when you already put yourself into a stress state? And you know that the lack of sleep, um, in like, it's hard enough when you don't sleep, but when you got to sleep in times when you're not, um, when you're not supposed to be sleeping, then adapting to that time can be very, very difficult. So you got to make sure that you have to put those things into priority. For for example, like I do travel a lot. Um, I travel you know, pretty much around the world. And so what happens that for me is that I, you know, people ask me, do I get jet lag? Well, compared to most people, I don't. And the reason why is because I know how many hours of sleep I need to have, right? Or how do I, when do I eat? How do I eat? What are some of the routines? I have about 10 routines that I do when I'm traveling internationally to make sure to give me the best chance possible to minimize jet lag to a very minimal, right? Mm. And and so I know those 10 routines really, really well. Do they work all the time? No, but they work 95% of the time. So in the last two years, I would say, oh, actually, probably in the last three years of traveling, I probably only suffered jet lag once, like really wow. badly, right? Wow. Where yeah. all the other times it's like within – 12 hours or 24 hours, I'm, you know, I'm back at it. But that's because I'm strict on those routines and because they're valuable to me. And like, I'm talking about the silliest things, right? The routine of like, when I go to sleep on a plane, I, you know, not that I sleep very well, but I always carry um, a sleep mask, for example, just to cover my eyes so that I don't, I don't, even when I'm traveling out in a hotel room, so I don't get waken up by the sun or any light so that I can actually get the deepest sleep possible, right? So like little things like that or drinking lots of water or making sure that I don't drink caffeine or making sure I go to the ocean and, and be out in the sunlight. All those things are like specific routines I need to have. Now, why am I saying that all that? I'm not trying to give you tips on how to you know sleep better. My, 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 my tip here is to make sure whatever routine that you need to build into your life, eating well, all those stuff that you talk about in your other episodes that those routines are super important and you need to value them more importantly than all the other things that, that that's happening in your life, right? If you have that right, you're going to give your body the best fighting chance and your mind to be able to adapt uh, to the stresses that, you know, that's going to be dealt with. The second thing you kind of mentioned about was, you know, how to deal with family and stress and missing out on things. Then you need to kind of figure out, and we just did this episode on the wellness guys, is to figure out what's important to you in your life. Like really, really important, like figuring out like, what are you all about is like, most of us, we understand we got to get a job so that we can earn money so we can live a life. But at the end of the day, I want to know is what is it do you want from your life? Like if forgetting about the job for a second, like what do you want? And then once you figure sort of at least have some, like we talk about like five keywords, like what are the five keywords that resembles who you want to be? Forget about, it doesn't matter about your job, but you know, you told people right in the beginning of this, like I'm a chiropractor, I'm a podcaster, I'm a, I'm a speaker and you know, I'm a coach and all those other things, but they're all resemble who I am. Like the essence is still Lawrence Tam. And so what do they, I, you know, for me, it's about curiosity. It's about experience, about making impact. Like those are no matter what job or career that, you 
you know, you put me in, in a box, those, those are all, um, ex- expressed in a way. So you got to figure out individually. So what am I about? And because what that does is it creates, sets the values that you actually hold true. And if families are true, like a big value, then all of a sudden that once you take care of your body, cause you got to take care of yourself first. Right. And, mm. and, and I got to say this one more time. You got to take care of yourself <laughs> first. And you would know this being a, a former flight attendant, right? When no, you no, no, ground staff, sorry, ground staff, <laughs> yeah. but you know, be flying on a plane, right? And being on a plane, right? And the first thing you do when you fly on a plane, when the, when the flight attendant actually goes, um, uh, you know, when they do the demonstration, what do they say? In case of emergency, when the oxygen mask comes down, what do you do? You put the mask on first, right? Before yep. you put it on anybody else. Why? Because if you don't put it on yourself first, you're going to faint because of lack of oxygen and you can't save the person next to you. And the thing is, is that most of us, especially, you know, mothers, uh, we'll just put it out there, right? Mothers typically will take care of everybody else in the family except for themselves first. And unfortunately, you can't give your best to your children, to your husband, to your, you know, your partners or, you know, to anybody else around you when you're not at your best. And when you're a shift you're not already at your best, you know, given what we talked about. But if you can be at your best, which is taking care of yourself first, then you go through the value system. And if children is your value system, great. Then make sure that you slot that in, given that, you know, in the appropriate times that you can. Because remember said, certain things you just can't, right? If you're – like if I'm away um, doing, you know, you know, speaking somewhere, say, in London, and I can't be at a dance recital for my, my daughter, which has happened, uh, not very often, but it does happen – like I can't do anything about that. You know, I committed this, you know, particular speaking gig like a year ago. You know, I didn't know when because Brasado just came up like two weeks ago. Then it's, you know, it's it's unfortunate. Mm. So you just have to have that communication with your kids to say like this is what has to be done, and you can't change that. So you just have to be able to talk it through with your kids. Say, for example, in this case to figure out how to, um, you know, get them to understand. And you're not going to do it 100%. My kids sometimes don't understand why I have to go away all the time. But at the end of the day is that you got to build up resiliency in them. But it starts with by having resiliency in yourself and taking that self-care. Mm, I love that. That's, yeah, just brilliant, Lawrence. It's it's all about, as you say, um, you know, making, uh, for us, particular shift workers anyway, it, the sleep has to be that priority uh, because it's something that, we we do miss out on it's it's sort of putting it up on in the ladder there is as that your highest value yeah we're talk, I guess you're talking about Dr John Demartini's values system along those lines but yeah and making that a priority and and yeah and, and understanding that you can't always get to you know be at every event given what you do so yeah brilliant yeah thanks for that that's great I've just madly written down a few things and I'll I'll put a link to that serenity prayer too that you mentioned too because yeah I'm, I'm familiar with that as well it's just beautiful uh, mm. but I have to say um, personally Lawrence my biggest shift in my thinking um, when I was working shift work was when my sister actually gave me a book for Christmas gosh probably whew, 10 years ago now um, by Jack Canfield called The Success Principles and I, I have to say I barely got past the first chapter of the book because it suddenly mm. hit me um, because the title of that chapter was taking 100% responsibility for your life and mm. I thought 
wow, how incredibly true. Um, and, you know, he was referring to, you know, just our current circumstances, that being our relationships, our work, uh, our achievements, our income, any debts that we, ha- that we have, just everything. And that if we're not happy with our current status quo, we need to stop looking outside of ourselves for answers. In other words, stop blaming our parents, the government, your husband, wife, just stopping the, the blame game, but instead taking, you know, 100% responsibility for our lives. So what are you thought, your thoughts on this, Lawrence? Yeah, um, I think one of the key things about taking full responsibility is, is a, a big thing for me. And I, le- I don't know where I learned it from, but being responsible for everything. Because when you're not responsible, when you don't take the ris- um, take the action of, of the responsibility of everything that you do, um, and this goes back to that, that, that quote that we talked about, controlling the things you can mm-hmm. and not, you know, not worrying about the things that you can't. Now, the things is that something may happen to you. And I use this example a couple of times. So, for example, just say, you know, God forbid, please don't, you know, hope doesn't happen to anybody here on, on listening to the show. But just say you were driving your car. Um, actually, a perfect example is when I was in Perth, I used to live in Perth. And I remember going to um, uh, Kings Park and I parked my car. And I don't know what I did. I, I was maybe going for a walk or something. And I came back and I found a dent in my car. All right. And I looked at that dent and going, well, you know, the first thing you do, you get angry, right? You go into limbic brain and you kind of go to that lizard brain and going like just being pissed off at someone like just <laughs> making a dent in your car. And it's like, why didn't they didn't even leave a note or anything? You just get pissed off. And then I just like there's nothing else I could do. Like getting more pissed off about something is not going to make that dent go away. Right. <laughs> They're true. not coming back. The note's not there. Like I, you know, first I let myself like go for a little bit, but then after a while, like I just can't, I, just, I can't change anymore. So I can be pissed off for the next year or I can just be pissed off for the next minute. Uh, that's under my responsibility. And then I had to think to myself, and I know this is going to sound very weird. And it, especially when someone hasn't heard this before from a responsibility mm-hmm. point of view, but just sit with it. Okay. So here's the thing. I would go, I would literally go, well, who's responsible? Well, I technically am, right? Yes, it wasn't my fault that the car got hit, but it was my responsibility. It was my responsibility, or my I'm responsible for driving the car that day at that time and parking at that spot and that location. Now, I'm not blaming myself, right? But I have to take some sort of responsibility, right? And I'm taking responsibility for my part in that debt, in a way. I didn't do the debt, but I did park it in that spot for allow that car. To hit me in that spot at that time. Now, some people when we're listening go, "That's that's freaking crazy." <laughs> no, like I'm not like I'm not like being beating up myself. I'm not like yelling at myself or being stupid about it. Not, that that's that's that, that's the wrong thing to do. I'm just taking responsible for my part of the action because mm-hmm. in any given situation, like whether it be a fight with your spouse or um, giving an argument to you know with with someone else like your boss or whatever, like you got to take some responsibility for you getting up to that situation, right? We are so quick to blame right mm. every when it's not our fault when something goes bad we're quick to blame blame um external circumstances right it's either someone else the environment the the weather or something out the full moon whatever it was <laughs> it's always something else but when it's something good that happens guess what we take full responsibility yeah that's so true right yeah and this is proven over and over again experience and they've done this on surgeons right they did it on doctors and surgeons and they go when something goes wrong it's always something with the theater table the instrument um something went wrong the nurse something else but when something goes right guess who takes the credit the surgeon like oh it's because i'm gifted i'm because i'm the best and 
And that's what happens to us. It's human nature to blame everybody else on when something goes bad and when something goes well, we take full responsibility. And I'm suggesting is what if we just took responsibility for all the good and the bad, mm-hmm. right? And because there's no such thing as good or bad. You just take responsibility for your life. Now, here's why. Here's why. The, I believe, right, if you can take full responsibility of your life and every action, the, the good and the bad, then all of a sudden your whole entire life is under control, in your control. You have total influence on your life. Mm. But if you don't take full responsibility, like I'm talking about 100% responsibility for where you are currently, right? I don't care if you're in a good state or in a bad state. You, If you don't take full responsibility, then that means that you've given control to someone else, which means that in the past and then which means that in the future is that you're you don't have any control of where your life is going to be and i don't like that personally for me like i want to be as much control as possible right to me i want to make sure that i am going to be in a place where i am in total control of my life and every decision i make and sure there are circumstances i cannot change or circumstances that i cannot influence like if a typhoon hit me over here you know a hurricane decided to hit my house i can't control that right but I will take full responsibility for me being here. Yeah, I know that I say this like I'm from a logical perspective uh, as if not happening to me at the moment, but there's a lot of circumstances that has happened in my life, um, at, you know, in, in the past. And, and you know, I, I'm just choosing to take responsibility so that I can live my life moving forward to the future because I'm more of a future thinker, not in the past. I don't really dwell in the past. Mm. I'm future, looking in the future and going, I want to be responsible for the, all the actions I take and all the things that go wrong and right Right, because I can't just take credit for only the right good things. I, I need to take um, I need to take responsibility for all the things that bad happens to me too as well. Mm, I think yeah, that's 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 great. I think uh, from memory, I think Jack refers to this a little bit. Uh, he has that this equation called E plus R equals O. Um, uh, event plus response equals outcome. So if we want to change our outcomes, we have to change our response to the event. Hmm. This kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, I, I guess yeah, it's on a similar kind of thing. But yeah, it, it is. The thing is, is that the event, um, the environment doesn't cause you stress, right? It, it's you that causes the stress. The environment mm-hmm. is just the environment. Response to it's it. how you it's how you respond to yeah. it, and the response is like a. Um, I remember someone telling me a, a mentor of mine who's who happens to be a carpenter. His name was Dick Santo, and he talked about like think of um, think of the world, and it was kind of a weird analogy, but think of the world that you see is like a movie screen, right? It's the movie screen. Like your and your eyes are the projector projecting the movie, right? So you what you're seeing is not like from from outside in, you're just like you're projecting the world that you see, and how you see it is almost like you see. You know, sometimes when you watch a big movie screen, it's like a piece of hair that's on the screen itself, and you go up to the screen and you try to wipe it off, <laughs> right? And you're like, it doesn't come off. It's because it's the 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 hair is actually not on the environment. The hair is actually on the projector, which is you. Right. It's actually on the, on the eye. So you got to go to the source. And so how you see the world like you, like, I mean, you know, even though we think similarly, your view of the world and my view of the world, it will be completely different based on our experiences and our filters. Right. The filters that we see, the lens that we see through, which is the filters and every single one of the listeners will see it from a different filter be, will be based. That filter is formed by our belief systems that we have formed by others and also ourselves and also the experiences that you've had in your past, right? Mm. If you don't like what you see, 
right? Changing the environment is not going to change it because you always see it that way. You know this because you know you have, we all have those, those friends, right? Quote unquote friends <laughs> that see the world, that everything in the world that's happening in the world is like the worst thing that's happening yep. and they play victim, yes, right? Yes, that's the yes, victimhood. Yeah. The problem is, it's not that the world, like, but someone else can see the world is like the greatest thing on earth. Like, it's a marvelous thing. Like the kids, like, especially if you watch the kids, they see the world as marvelous. They don't see anything bad about it. The only reason why they turn into seeing the world as bad is because we put that there. We changed that belief system. We changed the experiences for them. And they made a decision to create the filter. You want to change the world the way you see the world. The world's not going to change. What you need to change is change the filter. And the filters inside of you and how you see the world and how you project the world. Mm, that's fantastic. And that's, that's empowering because, you know, we can do it. So, yeah. That's right. That's and it takes – and like, not to say that it's, it's easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But having the self-awareness, mm. right? That's Having the self-awareness mm. around this to be able to know that this is possible mm. now gives you an opportunity to see the world in a different light and to be able to know I, I am actually in control. I can actually possibly change the outcome of my life and the direction of my life, forgetting about where I'm at right now, whether it be good or bad. It doesn't matter what has happened in my last 40 years of my life. I am now. You can change the past. You can only change the future. I have a possibility to be able to live a life that I want to live. Mm. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, I've just got one more last question uh, that I wanted to ask you, Lawrence. Um, and I guess this one's moving more towards improving our physical resilience because, as you know, I've been studying nutrition and throughout, you know, the last couple of years, I've been, you know, basing a lot of my research specifically towards improving the health and well-being of shift workers. And, of course, after spending half my life working shift work 20 years, I can definitely say that we are notorious for eating all all the wrong foods at all the wrong times of the day because we're tired all the time. Um, but as you know, most definitely, everything comes back to a choice. And you posted a brilliant uh, slide up at the recent wellness summit um, in Melbourne. Uh, and dare I say, it was actually a rather chilling image um, that came up on the screen. And it was titled, No One Is Coming. And on mm. that slide, there was a visual um, of, just for our listeners, because um, we can't see it, obviously, um, there was a visual of a hand up in the air um, of a person as though they're drowning in the ocean. So this person's in the ocean and you can just see this hand sort of appearing outside um, uh, in the air. Could you explain to our listeners what made you post that? Because that was really, really pr thought-provoking. Yeah, um, I actually got a lot of reaction from that post. I, I didn't expect it. Um, <laughs> I think one of the things that um, I just like, I've just been writing certain things in my thoughts. And uh, one of the, there was a blog post that I posted up on my Facebook page. And, and basically, I kind of came down with listening to a lot of people sort of, you know, um, complaining, basically, <laughs> okay. uh, complaining about yeah. life and, and complaining about what's, you know, what's wrong with the world or what's wrong with them or what's wrong with their life. And it comes back to this responsibility thing mm. is that I just sort of basically came and, you know, I know this podcast is probably going overboard here, like over time. But the, the point I wanted to make was that no one's coming to save you, like not a single person. No one wakes up in the morning, um, you know, wakes up in the morning and going, I'm so excited today to live my day so I can serve you. You know, whoever that is, you like no one's coming to save. No one's going to wake up in the morning just to serve me. Like I'm the only person who is going to uh, want to want my dreams to succeed, want to, me to achieve my goals and to achieve everything that I want. 
no one else, no, mm-hmm. not even my wife, right? Not even my kids. They have their own dreams. They have their own goals. They have their own ambitions. Um, you are the only person, which means then you have to take the, you're the only person who's responsible for your life. That's that's the point mm-hmm. is that if you, once you recognize that, that no one, like I'm sure everybody would want to help you to achieve your goals, but there no one's dedicated their whole entire life just for you. Right. And once you realize that there are people who are willing to help you, but they haven't dedicated your life, that you are the only person, like the literally the only person who will um, be responsible for how your life turns out. That's some like somewhat depressing, but at the same time is also should be empowering, which means that you have to take the action. You have to take the step. No one can walk the mile for you. No one can make you, no one can exercise for you. You actually have to do it. You have to commit yourself. We can help you train you, give you the right suggestion, but you still have to put the right foods in your mouth. You still have to chew that food. Your body still has to digest that food. All of those things is under your responsibility. And when you recognize that and you take ownership of that, then all of a sudden you have to take responsibility for all the goods and the bads in your life and not to worry about, um, not about the past. Don't, don't stress about your past. That's, that's how, you know, I see the world. It's like, I can't go back in time and change the past, right? Until someone decides to have a time machine. I can't go back. What I can do though, is learn from the lessons I have in the past and then move forward from it and make better decisions moving forward. Mm, brilliant. Yeah, I love that. So if we're wanting to sort of, you know, lose weight, improve our general health and, and well-being, as you said, you know, they're not forcing the, to put in the food in your mouth. That's up to you. And, and we can't get somebody else to do our push-ups for us, unfortunately. Exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. Um, yeah, look, that's fascinating. Um, absolutely fascinating. So just to conclude the podcast, um, Lawrence, uh, because I'm a bit of a mad traveler, but I always like to ask my guests what their favorite travel destination is and why. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also going to throw in an extra bit for you as well because I want to also ask you what your favorite book is and what's had the or person that's had the most profound impact on your life. But let's start with the the travel destination because I know you are very well traveled. Oh, oh man, you put me on a hard spot here. Like I've uh, I've been a, a lot of places yeah. this year alone. Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite travel Tough destination. Question, hey, man, this we could actually <laughs> those three questions you just asked. We could be like a whole another thirty minutes here. <laughs> Uh, my favorite travel oh, destination. Lost for words, yeah. Yeah, I am lost for words for once. Um, I have many, and uh, I, I don't really have one single one. Okay, um, you know, I got two places and two places for different reasons. Um, one is I love um, my favorite place. I can tell you my favorite hotel. That's probably the best way to do okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Not necessarily my favorite place, like yeah. in as a, the world, but my favorite hotel is actually the W Hotel in Bali. Uh, oh yes, you've spoken about this. I, I've spoken many times yeah. because I love the hotel because of, of the 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 what it is, how it is, it's just the but it's actually because of the people, the the staff are absolutely amazing. The general manager, um, it treats like the, the general manager is amazing. He's trained his team to take care of people. Uh, I just absolutely love them. And I don't get paid for this, by the way, <laughs> retreats there. And I just, I just love that place because they treat me like family. I feel like it's in my second home. And literally when I go there, they, they actually say, welcome home. Like literally like last wow. time I was there, they literally put in chocolates and spelt out welcome home. Um, and they take care of my, my kids like family and they buy them toys like, you know, ready for them when I come. It's just it's absolutely amazing. They, they treat us like royalty. And I, I love that. Um, the, you know, the other places that I, I, I love uh, city wise, you know, I love San Francisco as a city. Um, but I, I my place right now is in Ireland at the moment. I, I've been there 
three times in the last two years. I've been there twice this year. I'm going again this year, next year. I mean, yeah. um, something about it. I don't know what it is. Not even that pretty of a place, <laughs> but there's something about that's drawing me there. And you know, I really shifted uh, myself and, and the way I think and the way I want to be um, this year when I went to Ireland. And that, uh, that that has a special place for me at this moment. So it's probably the experience that sort of yeah, it's the experience. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a place to me. Any place is uh, magical um, as long as I created, uh, you know, cre- had created uh, an experience in my li- in my life. Yeah, mm, fantastic, awesome. And the book is there a, a particular book that's had the most <laughs> impact on your life? Sorry, I'm throwing two questions. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so many books because i might have to uh, buy whatever you recommend i'll probably be buying <laughs> okay um all right so i can tell you my favorite book in the last year i've, I've actually listened to a lot of books this year um, i'm an audiobook person oh, yeah. um yeah. uh Two books, actually, I'll tell you. One book I, that I took massive amounts of notes of. Um, actually, I'm going to name you three. Originals. <laughs> Originals is by Adam Grant. I just was fascinated by it. I was talking about some um, creatives and and how what people you know how do creative people become more creative and how to become more original. Um, there's a short little book called Love Yourself, like your life depended on it. Um, I just love this. It. Only like an hour long. Listening to it, it's just it's a beautiful book. Um, and the uh, Ryan Holiday uh, wrote a book called um i met him just in april he wrote a book called uh obstacle is the way obstacle is the way um it's a great um book on summary of stories of uh, stoicism and just uh how you know stoics live their life and just a fascinating book Mm, wow they all sound they sound good like a little bit different as well in their own very different that's why i kind of i can't pick one it's too hard (laughs) (laughs) all right well i'll I'll let you go with that that's fine Uh, (laughs) well this has been absolutely brilliant Lawrence I've been taking notes as we talk and I'm sure you know a lot of our listeners have as well I could honestly talk to you for hours so how can people find you if they're wanting to learn more about your work and, and what you're currently doing you know, the best thing for you to find me, if you love what I uh, just talked about uh, in the last you know, 40 minutes or so, um, I think um, you'll get a lot out of my podcast um, called Inside the Champion's Mind. Uh, I do that with my yeah. wife now. Um, it's, uh, I think, changed the dynamics and the way we um, communicate. I, I know we've been doing it for four years, um, but we know she just joined on board. And, and I think you can see the, the episodes before 100 um, were, you know, with me and Marcus. And then after 100, it's been me and my wife. And I think uh, people have been commenting on the, on the, the type of uh, – um, uh, the dynamics that we actually have on that. I think that's where you can probably best to find me through the Inside Champions Mind. You can go to our Facebook page there. Um, the Wellness Guys, I'm on the Wellness Guys show, obviously. I've uh, been there for five and a half years. And um, yeah, just you know, look me up online. Type my name in, Lawrence Tam, L-A-U-R-E-N-C, and you'll find me there. Mm, brilliant. I can definitely vouch for the uh, Inside the Champions Mind podcast. I've been, yeah, definitely an avid uh, listener to, yeah, that podcast. So, And the Wellness Guys as well. So, yeah, look, fantastic. Well, I'll make sure to include all those details in the show notes um, so that people can access the information at a later date. But thank you so very much for joining me today, Lawrence. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show to talk to you about this topic of mindset because I really believe uh, it can be incredibly, um, you know, helpful in improving our resilience in what can be an incredibly tough occupation um, physically, mentally and emotionally um, and maybe something that our listeners haven't thought about um, but uh, I'm sure um, they would have gained a lot of value um, from the wisdom that you've you know, shared with us in the past you know, 40 minutes or so. 
Well, thank you so much. And thanks for having me on the show. It's been an honor. <laughs> well, that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. And there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page, The Healthy Shift Worker, through my website, healthyshiftworker.com, or you can visit The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit. And you can also leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store, which will help me to spread the healthy shift worker message to shift workers and organizations all around the world. If you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit healthyshiftworker.com and enter your name and email address. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.